so the sessionable podcast, Dave, you're familiar mm-hmm. with that? Yeah, yeah, I uh, listened to the most recent episode in which the questions keep going back and forth between us, and we'll address that later. Yeah, but uh, did you notice anything about the uh, the podcast? Oh, interestingly, the uh, introduction music, is that what you're getting at? Well, I think the introduction music is the same, but they, they seem to be using interstitial music. Uh, which I wonder where they got the idea from that from. Yeah, I can't. Well, it's hardly like an original. I don't think we invented interstitial no. music. I'm not even sure if that's the right term. Interstitial. I like it. That's a good one. Yeah. Anyway, so our interstitial music, I did it in Garage Band. They've done theirs in Garage Band. Typical. Yeah. Uh, it's one issue. Well, I'm, I'm not happy with it then. Well, there's there's one major issue that I I'm okay with them using Garage Band again. Yeah. We fine. didn't invent it. No, no, that's okay. But I mean, I want to have like a point of difference, a cutting edge, I want all, all that sort of stuff. Well, their music as well is a lot, it's guitar based as well, and ours is organ based. Guitar's cooler than organ, isn't guitar it? Guitar is a lot cooler than organ. Yeah. So I feel like we need to find something that's a little bit more epic. Uh, I want to be the most epic podcast, I don't want to be the guys that have organ music anymore. Yeah, I know. That's I'm ashamed of it. So maybe we should try find something else. Let's do it. Okay, well, I've actually already found something else. Funny what is enough. it? Let's have a listen. Go for it. is more like it. How about that intro music, Dave? <laughs> we just upped it, I think. Do you want to give a shout out to... Um, I think I think we should. I mean, my, my face has just been rocked off. I don't know if you can see it from where you are, but it's pretty gross right now. <laughs> not going to lie. My socks are gone. Your socks are gone. Rocked off as well. Jeez. So that was uh, Toe Hider. Which is like, when we decided to get a new uh, piece of intro music... Luke suggested a band um, that he has a friend in. Oh, he's not in the band? He does all the artwork. Right, okay. Um, and I said, he said Toe Hider, and I said, that's interesting, because I know a bit man, band member, um, Amy. I, I went to high school with her. And Luke said, well, it's funny. There's a song called Everyone Knows Amy, which pretty much just describes this exact situation. Yeah, the, the song is about the fact that people seem to know Amy. Everyone knows Amy. Yeah. 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 So, so that seemed like a super appropriate uh, use for us. Yeah. And, and fortunately, Toe Hider um, were kind enough to, to let us music, uh, use it. Uh, yeah. It's perfectly legal. We're not ripping anybody off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you're not into Toe Hider, or you don't know who they are, you're sitting there going, who's Toe Hider? Go listen to Toe Hider. Look it up. You've got yeah. all the resources. It's, it's all Stop on, coming to us for information. It's all yeah. on the internet. 
you should if you've got listening to this. I one, heard that everything on the on the internet. Not everything. But for the for the purposes of this, yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, how's it going, Dave? Pretty good. You've had, done any fun things over the last? What's it been? Two or three weeks? Three weeks. We had a week yeah, off. Yeah, we had a little week off. Uh, so last week we played in the Big Beer Bashes, which was part of Craft Beer Rising, which mm-hmm. we discussed uh, in the previous podcasts. That was a cricket match between local tap house staff and... The Hop Hounds. Yep, the staff and punters, I believe. And a team put together by the Crafty Pint, which was essentially brewers and us. Yep, the maestros of malt. Mm. How'd it go, Dave? What a great day. It was a pretty good day. It was very, it was excellent. It was really well planned. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, for Craft Beer Rising. And it was probably, I'm not sure, it, just, it was just coincidental. It was started at midday, so people could have gone on to other things if they wanted to after the match. It went till yep. about 4, 4.30. Yep. It was just a uh, sensational day down at St Kilda Primary School and any of the, all the money that was um, taken over the bar and for the gourmet snags went towards... The primary school, and I think it was upwards of eight hundred dollars. Yeah, it was about eight hundred dollars, which is yeah, pretty good. That's great. Um, I, it turns out I'm not as good at cricket as I used to be. Yeah, got myself tied in a few knots. Well, I had that um, fear beforehand. So mm. on the night before, I dragged my housemate down to the nets, and we had a little bit of a session. Mm. And I'm glad I did that because I could drastically lower my expectations of mm. performance. <laughs> I'm glad I found out the night before rather than on the day because it could have been a public embarrassment. I had a six and I took a catch. That's about it though. Well, I had a reasonably successful day. Yeah, out. you took a couple of wickets. Uh, I took a couple of wickets in the at the death, yeah. and uh, they call me the closer. They do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, oh, funnily enough, named after the TV show. Yeah, exactly. The lawyer. Yeah, it was really annoying. That's yeah. why they call it to me. Yeah, and I th- I was part of a fifty odd run partnership in. Four overs, so that was a pretty handy little knock that we had. Yeah. And uh, it should be explained that uh, uh, Pete Mitchum, prof, uh, was an umpire and he was mic'd up uh, on, in some speakers around the ground and he was in vintage prof form. And yep. uh, it was just an outstanding day, wasn't it? It was a very good day. Yeah. What else have you been up to, Dave? Anything exciting? Uh, following that today, in the was very, very small window of time after the last ball was bowled and when my body started seizing up. Uh, we went back to uh, the local tap house around the corner. Um, I went alone because I was keen to uh, check out the Bacchus tap takeover that was yep. going on at that stage because yep. I went to the Bacchus takeover at Ale House, I don't know, three months ago, four yeah. months ago, and I was kind of blown away by it really, so I was pretty keen to go and check it out there and... This time I was a little bit disappointed. Yeah, the beers didn't hold up. I, admittedly, I didn't, as you, as you know, I didn't drink. I don't think I drank any of the beers. I had a couple of tastes. I think yours. you had a couple of tastes, but you were just on the casks. Yeah, I still had some casks left over from the uh, Rock the Cask bar. They event. sure did, and I just drank dry hopped cask Mountain Goat Hightail. It was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah. A really good beer, that. It's one of my favorite beers, and mm. I, I almost felt boring drinking just that when there's yeah, you know, a, a Lamington When you're on a good thing, water yeah. or whatever, but yeah. Yeah, so... Um, I think there was 10, 10 beers that they had on, and um, I don't know if it just wasn't my cup of tea or if just the actual selection of beers this time mm. didn't really tickle my fancy, but I did, just didn't quite... There were a couple that were pretty exemplary, mm. but I wasn't. I didn't really dig the Lamington Dark Ale, but I mean, 
tasted exactly like Lamington, so yeah. <laughs> you, mean, can't, you can't really fault it, but um, I just wasn't really into it at all. Backers definitely have a knack for doing, if they say they're going to do a Lamington or an apple crumble or a white chocolate pilsner, it will taste exactly like you expect it to. Yeah. It might not always be a good thing. Yeah, but it's exactly what it says in the label. You can't yeah, fault yeah. that. Yeah. So it's... Um, yeah, it's interesting. The other one that was kind of interesting was the double chocolate imperial stouts, uh, yeah, which had, just tasted like chocolate cake. It was. It was like it, yeah, I've had. I didn't have it that time, but I've had it before, and it was like a, a chocolate cake. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the other one that the only one that really I really really enjoyed was the elderflower pale ale. Mm. Um, just simple pale ale, elderflower flavor was there. It wasn't overpowering, but it's really fresh, really light. Enjoyed it. Cool. So I uh, went to a gin tasting. Where was that? Honey Bar in South Melbourne. Oh yeah, I know the place. And I saw it advertised, uh, a, a local blogger was hosting it. And I know Emma likes gin, so I got us a couple of tickets for her birthday and went along and turns out gin's pretty tasty. Cool. The last time I ever actually drank gin by itself, it was pretty pretty nasty. And that was about 15 years ago, maybe. But so I shied away from it since then. But yeah, uh, standout of the day was the Westwind gin. Yeah. Um, so if you're if you're interested, give it a shot. Yeah, it might so, do. The last yeah. time I had gin <laughs> was now you might not see how this relates to me at all. But when I was at the Master Builders Award ceremony for 2013, mm. uh, I was drinking gin that night because I don't know, drinking Crown Lager wasn't really. Yeah. I can see your face. Go on, ask the question. Oh. Uh, do you work for the Master Builders? Is this the... No, I don't work for the Master Builders, but um, I, I was working on a project. Because I was working on a builder's project, I got a free ticket to the, hey. uh, yeah, the Master Builders Award. Master night, Builders Night of Which night. was, oh, yeah, and it was astoundingly boring. Do you know what they do? <laughs> they do like... I don't know what they do. Uh, well, I'll, I'll let me explain. Um, they have the categories for all their awards based on price, but there's just loads of them. So there's like, and now the award for renovations, fifty to seventy thousand dollars. Now the award for renovations, seventy to ninety thousand dollars. And then it just gets on and on and on. I mean, I can't imagine too many award ceremonies are exciting, but this was excruciating. Yeah, it doesn't sound like fun. But uh, that was when I drank gin. Huh, yeah. What else have you been up to? Anything exciting? I uh, don't think so. What I I keep losing track of time because we're sort of off schedule a little bit. We are off schedule. Do you have anything that do anything else that you did? I don't think so. I've gone through the master builders story already, so that might <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> kick that it. one off. Yeah, exactly. Great. Well, if that's all we've got, uh, let's let's wrap it up. We've actually got a guest uh, about to come into the studio. We so do. Pretty excited about that, and we have a question from Sessionable. Um, the podcast we mentioned earlier, which just we, quickly, Luke, what are you drinking at the moment? Oh yeah, we forgot about that. We are drinking Deschutes Inversion, which is their IPA. I've just had my first taste of it, not ever, but of this particular glass, mm. delicious. It's very good, and we should give a shout out, and we should acknowledge that this was a, um, a present from the guys at Experience It, who mm-hmm. we mentioned actually, I think in the last two or three episodes. I think so. Yep. They were kind enough to donate us some some beers to to have a whirl of their range. I'm familiar with a few of them. I don't think I'd tried the inversion before. I um, tried it just since it came in. Mm. I, I picked one up when it came in, and it's it a pretty tasty beer. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the Deschutes uh, Chainbreaker, the white IPA. Don't think I've had that before. Oh, it's really good. Yeah? Uh, for, as white IPAs go, it's probably the best I've had. Well, wow. And that's kind of, White IPAs can go either way. Um, did you like the feral one? What's that one called? The again? white Raging, 
Oh, White Hog. Oh, I never tried that. I really like that, mm. yeah. White Hog? Oh, um, it's come to our attention that Luke might have been telling porcupines no, there, so... No, 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 not no. the feral white, yeah. <laughs> our producer's just interrupted with incorrect information, and she's laughing. Thanks, The primary Eli. function of the producer, I would have thought, would be to provide accurate information when we can't access it, but um, that's cool. Yeah, yeah whatever. Mm. Love to you, game. <laughs> she is keeping us on our toes yes Um, All right, great we'll we'll come back with our very special guest did we say who it was yet? Uh, I don't think I was listening so go on Mm, let's say who it is when she arrives in the studio we'll do a drum roll maybe Uh, can we get Tohida to record a drum roll for us? I think we just find the sound effect off the internet yeah but it doesn't seem because all of a sudden Sessionable will have their own drum roll (laughs) and then we'll need to up it Um, let's have a break alright great see you soon All right, welcome back, everyone. And we have our very first guest in the studio. I hope she's excited. She doesn't look as excited as I expected. Um, I can't imagine anyone looking less excited, <laughs> actually, right now. Well, welcome to Tiff Waldron, uh, a.k.a. Beer Girl Bites. She is about to open a new bar, and we've got her on to tell us all about all about that, basically. Thanks, guys. I would be a little more excited if I hadn't been taking a nap. Right. That's off. Yeah, interrupted Neff. Sorry. I'm some not sorry. Of, this is some pre, of us this is have been up early. Yeah. yeah, I know. Some <laughs> of us were up early working on the bar and cleaning things and putting lights up and moving. So how is the bar coming along? It's coming along well, and it actually looks like a bar now, which is probably a first. We have a bar and fridges and lights and tables and chairs. And a meat slicer. And a meat slicer. Oh, well, we've got a meat slicer. And a sandwich press and a grill. But more importantly, a meat slicer. So, the bar, Two Row, tell us a little bit about the idea behind it. Uh, Yeah, so it's me and the guys from Slow Beer, and it was sort of came about on a Twitter conversation. Shocking, I know. (laughs) You don't don't use Twitter that much, though, do you? Never, never on Twitter. Um, Yeah, just sort of started talking about how we both wanted to open a bar, caught up for a beer and sort of our concepts were really really similar so we just started looking for a place to open and that's sort of how it came about and it was just really like craft beer with like really good spirits and wines and I wanted to focus on cheese and Chris from Slow Beer was basically like craft beer good wines good spirits but focus on meat and we were like "Eh, we can make that work so Slow Beer does cheese already they do and turkey day and sandwiches really so um is it going to be similar to them or is it going to be a little bit different to um same but different there's definitely a lot more space to prepare food so there'll be a little bit more food and then because we have a giant sandwich press now there's going to be a really big focus on grilled cheese sandwiches that's cheese toasties for uh you australian new zealand listeners nobody calls them toasties in america (laughs) And we will never have jaffles. Is there a difference between a toasty and a jaffle, or is a jaffle sealed? I think the seal is what makes the jaffle the yeah. jaffle. Jaffle's sealed. I just yeah. don't like jaffles because they get really hot in the center. Mm. You bite into it, it so burns your mouth. when you say cheese toasty, uh, I'm guessing it's not going to be white bread and craft cheese. And craft singles? <laughs> I mean, you know, they have their place. Really working on things like a pretzel bun with 
Gruyere cheese, ham, and beer mustard, and... Jeez, you're not messing around. No, Yeah, this is not. serious stuff. I also feel like I should mention that you've missed a trick by not calling it slow bar. Slow no, bar. that's the worst joke ever. <laughs> oh, unfortunately it wasn't a joke as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. <laughs> or fast beer or medium beer, because I've heard those before, actually. No, that's terrible. Yeah. yeah. Now, you call it, you've called it a cult beer bar. We have. Uh, and also wine and spirits... So you're going for, explain the reasoning behind cult for us. Well, part of the reasoning was that a craft beer bar opened next door to us and have quantified their place by calling it a craft beer bar. So we started thinking about what else could we call our place just to sort of explain what it is. And there's a bar in Wellington called Hashigozaki and they call themselves a cult beer bar. Hmm. And we kind of, we did ask them, we said, hey. Do you mind if we steal that? And they they're very nice there. Yeah, and I mean, good bar seems to work for them. So yeah, they're credited with credited with a lot of influence in the New Zealand beer scene. So it's nice of them to uh, share the love with you guys. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And beer wise, what are we what are we expecting if I'm if I'm going in for a beer? Uh, well, we're gonna have five taps, and you can expect some pretty extraordinary beers to be on tap. It's gonna be Sort of along the lines of slow beer, where there's always really interesting beers on, you're probably rarely going to come and find, you know, like a Mountain Goat Steam Ale or a Two Birds Golden Ale on. Not that we don't love those beers or that we won't have them in the fridge, but we're really aiming for beers on tap that other bars don't have and also that they'll be constantly changing. And that's why we're only having five taps so that when you come in one week and then you come in the next week, you should have fully different beers to taste. Mm. I, I'm really excited by that. And I know a lot of people have sort of said to me, oh, they're only having five taps. Why don't they have heaps? Because that seems to be, you know, everyone thinks more is better. But I love going to slow beer particularly because they have four taps. They're usually pretty serious. There's mm-hmm. no, as you said, no. Especially lately, yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> you'll go and there'll be two double IPAs, an imperial stout and a sour. And you're like, okay. You know, nothing's going to be easy drinking here. But he still packs them in on a Friday night, and they don't seem to be typical craft beer drinkers in there. Yeah, exactly. And if you do come in and you don't, you look at the tablets and you go, I don't know what any of those are, we're like, we're still going to have Mountain Good Steam Ale in the fridge for those, you know, that type of drinker. And really, and the other thing is we're also going to have a lot of really interesting wines and really you know, some niche spirits that you might not have had before. And can, you, can you give us any standards. previews on the wine or spirits? Um, no, I can't. Oh, interesting. It's been, these things have been decided, but I'm not ready to share them yet. We've spent a lot of time tasting spirits the last few weeks. It's been a really tough job. Yeah, it sounds painful. Yeah. Can you throw us a bone with what might be in the uh, extravaganza opening night tap list? Definitely not. All I can say is that I've seen the list and even I'm excited to taste these beers. Wow. One of the things that's been a bugbear of mine lately is staff that generally don't know good beer. So when we take a beer back and say, hey, this has got a diacetyl in it or something, you get, oh, you probably just don't like that beer. Are you going to be doing any staff education? Absolutely. There will definitely be staff education. Not saying that all of our staff are beer experts or beer nerds in any sense, but they're all keen to learn. And not to mention that Chris or I will be there pretty much all the time. Hmm. So there's that too. 
But we didn't want to just leave it to just beer people because... Beer people get a bit boring. Well, not only that, but because we're serving wine and spirits and, you know, the other part is hiring people who know things that we don't know. So people have something to add, really. Fair enough. Mm. Hmm. What's the, been the biggest challenge for you that you didn't expect? Mm, I'd say just things like finding somebody to do things, relying on other people, which of course is expected and never easy, but relying on other people to get things done is always hard. And even things like picking 12 standard beers when it's two people who know a lot about the beer industry and you're like, you know, picking between barely any difference at all, just, you know, which 12 standard beers would you pick to put in a bar? Mm. And what were they? Uh, Off the top of your head. <laughs> you don't have to answer that. No. Do you have an <laughs> do you have an opening date yet? We're aiming for a little less than three weeks from now. Um, obviously, these things are constantly changing, mm. but we're aiming and going to have everything ready for March 19th and, worst case scenario, the following week. So... So it's pretty exciting. Yeah. How long has the process taken from start to hopefully March 19th? Honestly, we probably met for a beer last April and started talking about this. Started looking for places, and at the time we were looking out in the western suburbs. And Why, why did you not go with the western suburbs? <laughs> Luke looks absolutely <laughs> shattered. He's not going to have a new local. Uh, it had a lot to do with just that the really good property and places that would go up for lease in the western suburbs just never go up. Like, mm. just nothing ever came up. There's places that have been there for 30 years. Yeah, and there's kind of no point in moving to the western suburbs if we weren't going to get in the right spot. So, mm. And then this place came. It was the only place we looked at, to be honest. Chris said, I always pick the first place I see anyway. So they were kind of... Solid plan. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it was good. We sort of kind of decided on that in about September took over the lease in December and yeah it's only you know not terribly long hmm. so you're on Smith Street it's Smith Street in the last maybe 10 years has changed dramatically Smith Street in the last two years has changed dramatically that's pr- pretty reasonable and that, <laughs> it's kind of a hotbed for uh, food and, and beer and gelato yes um, are you guys do you think the competition or the sort of the amount of places is going to work in your favor or against you? I'm hoping it will work in my favor. Um, I think just in general, more people are coming out on Smith Street, which you wouldn't have ever done before. I think five years ago, would you've gone out on Smith Street? Mm. Not really. Um, yeah, lots of really good restaurants. There's some cool shops opening up and hopefully just make some more people come that way. Hmm. It's just a short train ride from the city, so... Hmm. As I said earlier, um, every time I go into Slow Bear now on a Friday night, I'm just amazed how many people there are in there. Mm. And uh, the people that are in there, yeah, they're not your typical bearded, nerdy craft beer drinkers. But also really varied. There's a few of those. They're really varied as well. Yeah. I, I remember I was in there once and a guy, he had, I think it was four IPAs on tap. And a guy went up to the bar and said, what have you got that's close to Cooper's? <laughs> and on, that's on tap. And um, Chris said, oh, nothing really on tap. We've got something in the fridge, though. And he's like, oh, no, that's okay. I'll just get a pallet wrecker. <laughs> <laughs> and you can sort of see Chris go, oh, I should say something. But uh, I warned him and 
I think the guy enjoyed it. No, that. I think the name itself is fair warning. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you don't get the point. Yeah. <laughs> That's outstanding. Yeah. I want a Cooper's. Sorry. I'll have a palette wrecker then. Now, we had a question from Sessionable, uh, our, do we call them a sister podcast? Brother? I would have said mortal enemy. Rival podcast. I'm scared. It's, basically they've come back, came to us and said, what makes a craft beer bar? And yep, I think this, I'm scared. Yep. <laughs> and this is on the back of um, a lot of places opening up now that have four they're or five. jumping on bandwagons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're getting four or five sort of middle of the road taps, which are you know, decent beers, but not amazing beers. And but then, also possibly owned by large corporations. Yep. Yep. And then saying, <laughs> oh, we're a craft beer bar. And so, yeah, they've, they've said, what what makes a craft beer bar? I know, Tiff, you mentioned there's a bar open up next door to you. Mm-hmm. I probably won't encourage you to comment too much on that. because nah, yeah. Because oh, no one's going to figure that out, are they? <laughs> <laughs> I just mean, you know, I'm sure she's got some professional standards. She doesn't want to slag off the competition. No, no, I, don't, I wouldn't. But, yeah, well, well, Dave, well, maybe we'll start with you. What do you think a craft beer bar... To, to, be, to give you themselves that label, what should they Yeah, I don't do? know if I'm a good starting point on this, because we've discussed this in the past, and I don't think it needs to... I don't think a craft beer bar needs to be defined. I don't think it matters. Um, I think a good example of it is the latest incantation of Beer Deluxe, mm. whereas they've been bought out and still offer... What did you say was there when you went in there? A cask of Hopinator on the tap? Yeah. And... Hop Zombie. Less... Less taps for what we think is good beer, and but the quality of those taps is significantly raised. So, I don't know. Sometimes it's fun when you go into a place that you know is probably not going to be a good pl- a, a good beer venue, and you find some treats. So, we all love bars that have uh, all craft beer mm. and all good beer on tap and in bottles. But I don't know. That's not essential to me. Tiff, do you want to weigh in here? Uh, I don't know. I think my initial statement would be any bar that doesn't have either a full or partial tap contract with either of the big two, Mm -hmm. I suppose. Which is controversial because just because they have a tap contract doesn't mean they don't have craft beer on. Mm. But I think that there's something to be said that if you have a tap contract that there's something out of your control then. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, so this is the reason why I don't think it's relevant. I don't know, but maybe I, it is relevant because maybe I can look at, you know, a pub near me that is one of my favorites, like the Gertrude Hotel, who basically last year just said, we're actually doing so well having just craft beer on and sent their CUB kegs back mm. and just said, you know what, forget it, we'll just go all craft. And it's never hurt them. And I think that they have had a lot to gain from doing that. And mm. I think that that's probably something that a lot of bars or pubs who call themselves craft beer bars or craft beer pubs should probably learn from something like that, mm. that you don't need to have the tap contracts. And I think that that's where that... There's a reason why I say the tap contracts have something to do with that. But then, you know, you can have tap contracts with craft brewers too, so. Yeah. I, I think anywhere that doesn't do it as a token gesture, and it's kind of hard to define that token gesture, but you, you walk into a pub and you see the taps and they've said, oh, we're a craft beer bar, and the taps are 
not generic. Well, yeah, but say generic yeah. craft beer that that sort of entry level stuff, which is is fine, and and I really enjoy that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I kind of want a bit extra. And if it, someone's got a bit of it, bit extra, and they've maybe got a hand pump or they've got three rotating taps that have something interesting, and I can say to the staff, you know, oh, look, I kind of want something, and they go, oh, we've got this, we've got that. At a lot of places, it almost seems cynical, or they're just doing it because they know that that's currently on trend. I oh, will put, you know, some craft beer on, and they don't actually. You can tell they don't care about it. I think it's fine to have middle of the road, uh, grey area craft beers on tap, but don't just let's put down the flag of where a craft beer bar. If mm. you can do that, I mean, the good thing is at the moment, the bar is kind of ra- raising or rising. So now, you know, if you're opening a bar and you don't have, say, a Little Creatures or a Stone and Wood or, or anything like that or a Mountain Goat, it seems, well, you wouldn't, basically. Well, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest change that we've seen in Melbourne in the last two or three years is that you rarely see a bar open that doesn't have Mountain Goat or something. Um, and that's, I think that's exciting. Um, I'm a, I love, you know, if, if you're out with co-workers or, or friends that aren't necessarily into beer... And then suddenly, you know, you think, oh, what am I going to drink? And now you can grab a mountain goat pretty easily, which is... Um, yeah, that you no longer have to go, oh, there's nothing I'm going to drink at this bar. Yeah. And that doesn't make them a craft beer bar, but it's good that that bar is... Spreading its wings a little bit. Yeah. Which then maybe goes back to the original conversation of what makes craft beer bar. And you're saying that just because you have craft beer doesn't make you a craft beer bar. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It has to be about... I guess the craft beer, rather than just having it there in city as a token. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of craft beer, <laughs> what a segue! Um, we just <laughs> are enjoying our second beer today. Oh uh, yeah, we should mention the beer that we're drinking. It's currently we're drinking a oh. uh, Le Trois Mousquetaires Baltic Porter from 2011, and just so I don't have to say Le Trois Mousquetaires anymore, let's just say Three Musketeers. That was um, a really good pronunciation. I'm a worldly gentleman. Jeez. <laughs> what, what, there were so many laughs when I said I'm a worldly gentleman then. That's <laughs> not cool. What, um, do, what do you guys think of the beer? Yeah, it's a few years under it. What did it was 2011, was it? Yeah, 2011, yeah. Um, and smells delightful, and it goes down really easy for, what is it, 10%? Mm, it's really good. Mm. Probably goes down a little too easily. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's balanced. It's big and balanced. Um, where, where did you get this from? Uh, I got that from... From Slow Beer, probably in 2012, hmm. maybe. There you go. Are we going to see this beer at your bar, Tiff? Possibly. We are... Opening night on tap. There we go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can't we wait. We are talking about the very, very high possibility of having a special beer seller at the bar with a special list of just a few things that we'll probably steal or borrow from Slow Beer. This is very exciting. So do you mean you'll have have a whole bunch of stuff and then just put out a few things on the menu so while you've got, like, loads of stuff? I'm stuff saying on. if you're looking for something special, just ask me. Okay. There you go. Hot tip. Our <laughs> listeners are going to be the ones that are... Get a benefit be... from that. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Anything else you want to add to to the discussion, Tiff? Probably just follow us on Twitter and Facebook to find out what's going on and when we're opening and what's what, on tap, too. What's your Twitter? Um, so our Twitter is 2 Bar and our Facebook is facebook.com slash 2 Great. Awesome. Now, while you're here, you're also involved in Good Beer Week. 
Yes. It would be remiss up. of us to not uh, <laughs> poke a little bit and try and get some information. So the, the program comes out next week, the week after? March 14th. Week 14, after? Isn't yep. Yep. March 12th. There's been, been a few leaks already. Mm-hmm. Um, Garrett Oliver coming along. Uh, the Mega Digger, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were just wondering if there's anything else that... You had your two-row opening tap list cards held so close to your chest. I think maybe we should get a little something-something thrown to us. Are there any like highlight events that uh, you can do- divulge? I mean, listen, if I was going to pick one event to go to as a beer nerd, I would say Garrett Oliver, Garrett Oliver of Vudemond is going to be incredible. Okay, so you've picked the one that everyone already knows about. So yeah, is there well, any other you know, ones that we can might get a little exclusive on? I'm not really authorized to give anything exclusive oh, out. Aren't you on the committee though? Like Yeah. You need to authorize yourself. There's eight people on the committee. <laughs> There's eight people that listen to this and no one's going to find out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, none of those people I know listen to this. One of them's supposed to be on the show. Most of them, some of them aren't even in the country, so I don't I wouldn't worry about it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Listen, I can't even think. I come to the Good Beer Showcase and get the guide. Well, yeah, yeah, that's that's. But the Good Beer Showcase a going to be awesome again as usual. And what, sorry, when's that on? March twelfth and thirteenth at Ormond Hall at the Village. Goodbeerweek.com.au for yes. information. Um. So we'll have the big launch on March twelfth. Tickets will go on sale on March twelfth, and. Yeah, I'd say it'd be looking. For, there's a lot of really good like week long events and free events this year, mm, which is exciting. Cool. That it's not right. yeah, it's not all about just. It's really bringing you back down to like not all just about food. Lots of really fun entertainment type things. So. T and BMH. I was just going to say, I heard about one outstanding <laughs> event that might mix yeah. a little bit of tea <laughs> into the equation. It's probably the one you're most looking forward to. I know, Tiff. Uh, mm. Would be the out of the time. Storm a vegetarian a, event. Vegetarian event. Storm in a teacup at Storm in a teacup on Smith Street. Also just down the road from Two yep. Road. Um, so yeah, that's going to be interesting. Mm. We're going to do some pretty out there beers, but approachable. Extremely approachable. Ex- we'll extreme say. and approachable. Yeah. Um, Two things you often hear together. We that juxtaposition in itself is enough for me to buy a ticket on opening <laughs> day. Well, we uh, <laughs> I, I took them in a sour beer when we were discussing it and they were right on board for a sour beer. They hadn't tasted one, they didn't know what it was and it was a probably one of the most sour beers that um, is out there and they were like, this is great. We Dare can... we ask which beer it was? Uh, it was the Tilkwin Gurs. Oh. Oh. Yes. Well, thanks for coming along, Tiff. Thanks for uh, having Well, if me. Tiff's not going to give us anything, Luke, are there any like special teas you can tell us about for the tea <laughs> event? <laughs> that, is, that is definitely not my, my speciality. Oh, dear. We are, yeah, it'll be fun anyway. We'll just say that much. All right. Storm in a teacup. I'm looking forward to it. Mm. All right. Well, we'll come back. Um, I think, Tiff, you've got to shoot off. Yeah. But me and Dave will come back with some... Do we have some sort of guitar solo to uh, transition? We've got a pretty good guitar solo. Oh, yes. Um, and we'll come back with some recommendations. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, Dave. Welcome back to you, Luke. Is your beer still going down well? Yeah, it's delicious. It's really mm. good. It is um, tasting pretty well. I might, if I see this again, I reckon I'll definitely grab a bottle and chuck it away because I don't think I had it when it was 
relatively fresh, but I think time is pretty kind to those, these sorts of beers, yeah. Uh, I'm interested in the, when we asked, we mentioned this beer, and then we said to Tiff, anything like this coming in your way? She smiled. You obviously There was definitely that. a wry smile. There was definitely something, so whether or not this particular beer is going to be available or at any point or unless maybe the the wryness of her smile maybe because i think we just mentioned it was from 2011 so, yeah. and then she mentioned the cellaring program yeah. so maybe mm. there was that was what it's pretty exciting though I, yeah I i'll definitely go in and give them a, a nod and a wink to get something secret too right too row too row too right all right so we answered the question i, I think we answered it okay well, we, we discussed it. They weren't really happy with our one-word answer we gave them, so we gave them lots of words then. Yeah. Between three people. Yeah. They must be happy with that. Um, so we're going to hit back at them. So we asked them, could a craft beer come out of the Asahi Mega plant? And they said yes, and they used Mountain Goat as their example. A little bit annoying that they were onto us yeah. because that was a bit of a trick or a trap we had laid for them. I wasn't sure if they were aware that Mountain Goat brew their beers there. But you had that one cooking for quite a while, and I yeah. thought the payoff was going to be delicious. But yeah. um, nice work session, all you outfoxed us. Yeah, it was like when Wiley Coyote is trying to catch the Roadrunner, and the, it always fails. And it, does. it usually affects him. So I'll be interested to see how you, if you get affected by this. I'm not affected, um, but I <laughs> I feel strange that you're likening me to Wiley Coyote. Yeah, I think if you if you had to use a product in which to bait them. It definitely would have been an Acme product. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Interesting in their discussion, for those that don't listen to their podcast, they were discussing that plant, uh, that mega brewery place, and the Cricketers Arms brand, which we mentioned on our on our question. And they said that Cricketers Arms is obviously not a craft beer. And our question to them is... Why not? Yeah. They brew, they use Simcoe, which is... A very trendy hop right now. Mm-hmm. They're making an IPA, which admittedly isn't huge and tasty, but definitely has a hop aroma. So why why is that not a craft beer? But say something like the Mountain Goat Samurai, which is incredibly light, mm-hmm. it's really good beer. Why is that a craft beer and Cricketers Arms not a craft beer? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So answer us that sessionable, or anyone, yeah, or anyone, yeah. Hey. Email us. Get involved. Luke at alivertime.com. Or Dave at alivertime. No, no, not just dot .com. Dot .com? Yeah. Oh. Dave at alivertime.com. Look at you, also. just dot .com. Yeah. <laughs> I, gotta, I don't care for your regional, regional web addresses. Yeah, I know. It's so, ch- it's so cheap. All right. Let's do some recommendations. Okay. Uh, what do you got, Dave? I alluded to it at the top of the show, but... Mm. Um, I might actually do two recommendations because I just, I just thought of one. So I'm a rule breaker. So uh, first one that I mentioned earlier was the uh, Elderflower Pale Ale from Bacchus Brewing Company. Good. Um, I feel a little bit cheap. This is why I'm doing two because you probably wouldn't see it that many places. So mm. if I'm recommending something that's not available, I feel like a little bit of a, a jerk that way. Um, but if you do see it, definitely try it, even if it doesn't appeal to you because of the less of an extreme nature of it definitely give it a go um, if you see it on tap or uh, they also have like a mini keg deliver like they deliver mini kegs mm. five litre mini kegs that are not unreasonably priced so um, mm. check it out that out too but that's a delicious beer the other one that I had recently that's a new um, a new batch that's come out is the uh, Lacerine Wild Saison and I had that 
oh, probably this time last week, and it's a treat. I mean, I don't think that those guys are aware of how to do a bad beer. Um, I I had the, the last batch. I haven't tried the new batch yet. And my first reaction was that it was a bit tame in the last batch. Then I had my second bottle of it and realised that it was not so much tame, but just spot It's just on. subtle, and it's, yeah. it's, and it's... I think they've mentioned that it might be a bit funkier than the last batch, yep. but it still retains that really really well balanced like sort of like Russian gymnast level balance um, and any Scandinavian gym, gymnast actually yeah. um, and it's funky it's definitely got the wild yeast there's no questioning that and it's mm. delicious mm. I'm going to have one tonight we have a bottle in our fridge maybe uh, Emma and I will have one tonight also she's nodding uh, I think in my review of it when the first batch came out I mentioned that a pizza would be the best Pairing for it, mm-hmm. not your Domino's or your pizza. Hut. I don't think that is pizza. Yeah, um, but you know, a thin base, really sparsely topped with a bit of basil, fresh tomato, mm-hmm. and that beer would just be oh, delightful. Absolutely right. Mm. I might have one of these said pizzas tonight hey. along with it. Do it. I will. Do you have any beer recommendations? I do. Uh, last night, it's actually a saison. Also, we had one that I picked up off the shelf at Slow Beer. This is a very Slow Beer focused episode. Isn't it? Oh, it's good. good Hopefully place. we get some free stuff. Yeah. Uh, we love Slow Beer. <laughs> we grabbed a, from De Glazen Torren, uh, it's a brewery in Belgium. Belgium, sorry. It's a Saison, they're Saison Durpmeer. Hopefully that's the right way. You to looked say it. at me to see if you'd said it right. I have no idea. After so, yeah. after your pronunciation of the last beer, I thought you were. The oh, I set the bar, did I? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. I'm I'm wary of pronouncing any words now. Yeah, we had it last night, and it's cold straight out of the fridge. It wasn't so great. I was a little bit disappointed, but when it warmed up, whew, it's a really good beer. And I think it's it's not that hard to find. It's on the shelves at the moment, and it's one of those ones that might go under the radar a mm-hmm. bit. You know, people are going to grab a Saison Dupont or they're going to grab a, a La Sirene. La Sirene or a Chevalier. Yep. Uh, whereas this, you know, you might be able to find it pretty easily. I think it was maybe $18 for a big bottle. So mm. not, no, it's not, not going to break mm. the bank. And really enjoyed it by the end. It was a, a really quality beer. So seek it out. Awesome. How about a non-beer recommendation, Luke? What do you got? My non-beer recommendation this week is to listen to Toe Hider. Oh, yeah, the, right. The top of the show. And look, I don't know if I emphasised how awesome they are. They're a really good thing. Even maybe start, they had a viral video, the lead singer, Mike. Yeah, had, that's right. Um, a viral video recently, which was him singing Wuthering Heights in the original key. Uh, and it was... It's cute. stunning, yeah. yeah. It was amazing. It was. Uh, it made me laugh and it made me want to watch it again and again. Uh, just an amazing thing. So look up Wuthering Heights. I think it's called Man Covers Wuthering Heights in the original key so look that up and then look up Toe Hider you can find them on they've got their website the links to the band camp and you can listen to their music for free which is nice yeah it is nice hmm. and, and if you know Amy yeah. I don't know I d- didn't have anything to continue on I'm guessing some of you out there know Amy so uh, yeah cool uh, my, beer rec- my non-beer recommendation sorry is 
an eatery in the CBD of Melbourne called Bowery to Williamsburg. I didn't, I hadn't thought of a non-beer recommendation, but just in a, one of our breaks today, uh, I sort of glazed over thinking back to my lunch yesterday, and I had a Reuben sandwich from Bowery to Williamsburg, and it's magical. So, hmm. um, shout out to those guys. They're on Oliver Lane, which is between Flinders Street and Flinders Lane, between. Uh, Russell Street and Exhibition Street. So go in, check them out. It's pretty much like a, a New York-style uh, eatery, and it's delicious. They do specials all the time, but the Reuben is their sort of flagship um, offering, and it's wonderful. I'm yet to go there. Uh, I do follow them on Twitter, and I saw they had some really amazing-sounding breakfast options recently. Yeah. Like con- uh, confit duck uh, egg breakfast thing. So I just like, I just want to eat that. And also, like, um, for for breakfast, they have five and dime bagels, mm. and they have a selection of um, cream cheeses, so a little bit of a, a blueberry bagel with some lemon uh, cream cheese is a wonderful way to start the day. That's and they have uh, Padre Coffee there. Yeah. Oh, well, we mentioned Padre Coffee in an earlier episode. We have, haven't yeah. we? Well, that's because I only go to venues that have Padre Coffee. Really? <laughs> Exclusively Padre Coffee. <laughs> Great. Well, let's wrap it up. There, I think we're we? out of things to say. So luckily yep. that ties in with the end of the show. Huh? And we'll uh, see everyone in two weeks' time. We'll have another guest on. Oh, I'm going to, Bright- to Brighton Beechworth in between our two. Um, yeah. Two so-, so I'll have something to talk about. Great. I'm pulling a rickshaw for a Melbourne Food and Wine Festival event. Awesome. Uh, volunteering to pull a rickshaw in Footscray. What's the event? Like, maybe just give a little... Mitchell, oh, yeah, it? shout out. Um, so it's organised by the lady behind Footscray Food Blog, Lauren. And basically, I think it might be, all be sold out. But, okay. Uh, next is, year. Yeah, next year. So basically, you buy your ticket, you come along, you jump in a rickshaw, pulled by someone like me. Might, maybe not like me, but someone that's doing the yeah. same thing. And you go to, I think, four or five different restaurants around Footscray. And Footscray, if people... I've mentioned how good it is before on this podcast. So many crazy and delicious places there. So you get basically like a progressive dinner and you get rickshawed around in between. That sounds pretty fun. Uh, producers just confirmed that it is sold out. but So bad luck. Bad luck. Anyway, but we I think they still need volunteers. Yeah, so if you want to pull so a rickshaw. If you want to pull a rickshaw, if you... There's one other thing that they, they, they require volunteers for that escapes me right now. It's rickshaw pulling and something else. So. I was just greeting people along the way. Oh, okay. So I think if you want to do that, then, I don't yeah. know. It's not as fun as pulling a rickshaw. Send him an email. Now, I, I don't know what it is, but I, figure it out. I tried pulling a rickshaw the other day. How'd you go? It's really easy. Who knew millions, not millions, probably yeah. hundreds of years of sort of science or people pulling rickshaws. They've figured it out. Yeah. Makes sense, I guess. Yeah. But Where it, does one get a rickshaw from? I just went to a car park and they had them there. Okay. But that was because there was a photo a photo uh, shoot for the rickshaw run there. Cool. So I don't think you can just go to any car park and find one. No. China, probably. So. Southeast yeah. Asia somewhere. I think we're done here. Yep. All right. All right. See you soon. Bye.